Good morning and welcome to Sport and Life with Sam Kakovich and Leon Wigard. Sam? Good morning, Leon. A bit uh, tired this morning, sleepy night. Just watching the, uh, the Toad... The Toad's Tools knock off uh, New South Wales again, the state of origin. Well, a complete two, whitewash now. Two nights in a row because the night before was the end of the test match, exciting and all as Ooh, it was. Oh, yeah. And, the, and, the, and uh, how did you combine the uh, front bar and the... Well, I did a bit of surfing, which I'm very adept yes. at. I mean, with the uh, remote, uh, which I had total access to because of my wife, I sent her down to make me a cup of tea. <laughs> Reluctantly, she did... Uh, Respond in the affirmative. What, uh, she make the cup of tea in Geelong or something? <laughs> well, till the next week it fell. <laughs> uh, we've got a guest to talk about the first test. Well, what a great. And a good man too. Um, he played uh, oh, a dozen tests for Australia a while ago. Uh, he's on the commentator these days. He runs a farm of his own yeah, and sells a, a bit of machinery. And his name is Carl Ruckerman, a former fast bowler. Hey, Carl, thanks for joining us. Hey, pleasure, guys. And what about it? Two days in a row in Queensland, we're waking up with smiles on our faces, uh, winning the first test in the Ashes, and then a fantastic win last night by our boys in the state of origin. So um, it's as good as it gets, really. That Billy Slater, you know, uh, has proven to be marvellous. And, of course, he learned all these tricks down here in Melbourne. That's right. <laughs> well, he'd have learned some of his tricks in Melbourne, that's for sure. And by the way, Carl... Um, what, a, what a player he was, but he's he's brought a lot of good to that Queensland dressing room. The boys were so good. New South Wales just weren't in the game last night, and that's how we like it. Uh, a fantastic bloke, by the way, Billy Slater. Just a, just a great human being. Yes. And Carl, uh, just digressing for a moment, before you get in your high horse about Queensland's wonderful contribution to this wonderful country of ours. I might also remind you of their appalling uh, record on human rights, on uh, policing, on ambulancing, on a number of other, uh, you know, community issues. Where are you going with this? Oh, just trying to balance the books, that's all. <laughs> you know, here they are in a hive winning a game of footy and uh, guard striker, like getting the real world for once, eh? We promised Carl we'd be talking about cricket. <laughs> oh, cricket, I forgot, Leon. Let's get into it. Carl, um, going back quickly over your career, um, were you always going to be a cricket or was there something else? Did you play any football up there? Well, I played a bit of rugby league at school, but, you know, um, like sliding doors, if you like, or circumstance. Um, my father came from a rugby league family, and there was three families on neighbouring farms. Um, and all the cousins, everybody played rugby league. But my father was the um, youngest child, and when he was old enough to play, um, well, we actually had our own rugby league side, plus a few neighbours in the local reserve grade competition. But by the time he was old enough, uh, the team had disbanded. The rest of them were too old. So didn't quite get out of the blocks there. And plus he had a, a, a motorbike accident when he was eight or nine years of age on the back of his brother Jim's bike going into town. They crashed and Jim died from the accident. But my father had a lot of injuries and uh, finished up one leg shorter than the other. So he couldn't have played rugby league anyway. So... He played cricket, the only one in the, of three families to play cricket. When I was six years old, I got a plastic cricket bat and a plastic cricket ball instead of a football like all my cousins had. So, you know, it's funny how things go that way, but that, that was my early story and um, family loved cricket and that's, that's the direction I went in. 
Oh, was that in the Kingaroy area? Yeah, yeah. So, so what? Do, uh, we all know about Joe Bianchi Peterson and uh, his peanuts, but what, what do you what do you farm? Uh, look, I used to grow peanuts um, back when I was a full time farmer and grain and beef cattle. But uh, last seven years, I've been in a business selling farm machinery and uh, downscaled the farms. I'm a very part time farmer these days, and uh, yeah, sell farm machinery and try and make time to get down to major sporting events like State of Origin last night. So I'm on the road home today. We're bitten, uh, we've got a bit in common, Sam, you know. He grows peanuts and we work for peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful. Oh, that was a lovely segue, that. Now, Carl, I just uh, just digress again. Uh, in your rugby league, I presume, you know, your stature, you would have been the front row. That would have been enough to uh, curtail your career at a very early age. You knew what you were in store for <laughs> later on, I guess. Well, you look at some of the yeah, brutes well, of last I, I night. Did, I did find myself in front row a little bit, that's true. Um, but, look, I probably was never going to be a good enough rugby league player even if I wanted to, so it's just as well I went in a different direction. And the other thing uh, I just left out of the early uh, entree with uh, Carl, the enormous crime rate that's burgeoning crime oh. rate in Queensland as well. <laughs> just to square the ledger. Carl, just get that back to cricket. Um, the... the uh, Recruitment of Alan Border from New South Wales to Queensland about your time, that must have been a, a huge boost for cool. Queensland cricket. Uh, look, it certainly was. Um, he saw the light and decided that Queensland was going to be a better place to spend his life than Sydney, um, as had Jeff Thompson a few years earlier. Um, I, in my first year playing for Queensland, we played a game against New South Wales at the Gabba. And if you look at the scorebook, uh, you'll see Border um, caught Phillips, who was the wicketkeeper, bowled Rackerman. So that's OK. Um, what the scorebook doesn't tell you is that Ray Phillips was standing in the middle of the pitch when he took the catch. Um, <laughs> Alan, Alan was on a neat 200 and he tried to hit me into Vulture Street at Miss Q and went straight up in the air and Ray <laughs> Phillips took the catch in the middle of the pitch. But anyway, Border caught Phillips bowled Rackerman, but 200. Uh, anyway, the, uh, the next year he was up playing for us, so that was a lot better. <laughs> he could play. <laughs> Who uh, opened the bowling at the other end? Was Jeff Dimmick opening the other end? Uh, Jeff Dimmick probably was, yep. Yeah, very good bowler, Jeff Dimmick. Uh, tell me... Uh, that other slogan at Queensland, and I'm just going to bring these in very every now and again intermittently, uh, Carl. That that uh, marketing logo that you've got up there, beautiful one day, perfect the next. Do you have any comments on the uh, deluge of uh, the 22 inches of rain you've had over the past <laughs> six months? Uh, anyhow, well, we'll move on. <laughs> Sorry, Leo, previous, it's cricket. The previous six months. The pre <laughs> last year, calendar year 22, which just kept raining. Now, um, couldn't have got any wetter, but the taps got turned off in December, and things are actually pretty dry now. So, um, if, you, if you're uh, if you're a tourist, it is beautiful one day, perfect the next. If you're a farmer looking for rain, it's not quite so perfect as we speak. I believe you're getting some rain in Victoria. You can send it our way if you want it. I was in Toowoomba uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I went up to uh, Longreach. They've had yep. yeah, you've had plenty of rain, plenty of greenery up there. Anyhow, cricket is the topic, and cricket it must be. I read with interest a 10-wicket haul in a test match. I suspect you would remember that vividly. Uh, look, I do. That was against Pakistan in Perth. Um, and Green top. Uh, 
a strong, a strong Pakistan team. Zahir Abbas, Imran uh, Imran Khan, Madassa Nazar, uh, Mohsen Khan. They had a terrific batting yeah, lineup, um, and and well, and good bowling. They were a good side, but yeah, look, it was a, it was a quick bouncy wicket in Perth as it used to be back then, and probably that little bit of extra bounce. Um, was what they're not used to and that worked in my favour and things went my way in the game and uh, you don't get that many tenders in a match so that was pretty exciting. You sounded a bit like Billy Birmingham there. Rattling <laughs> 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 all those Pakistani names off. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Good. Um, so so um, you, you've retained your interest because you, you, you do commentary, I think, on cricket, don't you? Uh, not anymore. I was, yeah. I, I, I had been in doing some TV and quite a bit of radio um, up until probably five years ago. Uh, don't do any now, no. All right. Well, let's get back to the test. Um, you, like the rest of us, would have been so excited. Does an ex-cricketer like yourself stay up all night watching it? Or, or, I don't know how anyone does it, but uh, what, what was your involvement? Look, um, I'd love to have stayed up and watched it, but um, had a bit of work to do yesterday, so I didn't see it on TV. I had to go to bed. Um, went to sleep not knowing what time they were going to start and how much time was going to be left in the game and uh, was it going to favour England and Australia and woke up and we'd won the game. So it was pretty exciting stuff. I mean, look, what what were we, 8 for 220, needing another 60 or 70, whatever it was? Yeah, exactly. Um at, at that point in time, <clears throat> things weren't looking very positive, and then Pat Cummins, the captain, just comes to the fore and plays a fantastic knock, and with Nathan Lyon and gets us over the line. Um, now I got a call yesterday from a guy you guys probably know pretty well, Rodney Hogg. <laughs> and yes. Hoggy, Hoggy happened to call me yesterday when we were reminiscing about that game at Edgebaston in 2005, and. I was over there um, taking a, a supporters tour and Hoggy had been over there doing um, a, a bit of few speaking gigs as he does. and Selling um, his, uh, selling his uh, <laughs> a couple of trinkets, a couple of pieces. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyway, the opportunity came um, in, the, in our last innings to put a bet on who was going to be Australia's top scorer. And um, Brett Lee was at very, very long odds. So Hoggy and I both got on Brett Lee to be Australia's top scorer. And when he went one past Shane Warne, Warne was 42, and um, Brett Lee went to 43, and everyone in the crowd is looking at us and we're celebrating wildly. Um, <laughs> no one knew it's because we cleaned up a fair bit of cash. Um, but he wasn't to score too many more runs after that because Casper got given out. Michael Kasovich caught behind down the leg side of his glove, which wasn't on the bat handle. So if we had reviews, um, we could have reviewed it and he wouldn't have been out. But, I mean, that's ancient history. So we lost that test at Edgebaston by two runs. Um, it was devastating, if you remember. I do. Um, anyway, this win at Edgebaston this year has exercised those ghosts. Um, it's tremendous to have a, a really tight game like that that looks like it's all gone and you get up and win it. 
Um, Sam, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be cricket. If you come behind to win what looks like it's unwinnable, there's no better feeling in sport and there's nothing better for the supporters and the fans and there is nothing better for the dressing room. So to be going to Lords for the second test, one up after winning the game like that, it's just a huge tonic. How about uh, Uzi? Uh, we, we can talk about the captain forever. It was a great knock, and apparently he really enjoyed it. Those that sat up and watched it said he was smiling all the way through, and he seemed to be oblivious to the pressures. But uh, Uzi was the man, uh, man, man of the match, and rightly so. Well, 141 in the first innings and held our innings together and got us up there on about par with, with England, and then 65 in that second innings, and definitely man of the match and uh, I think people are coming to realise that Usman Khawaja should have never ever spent time out of the Australian team in those years going back a few years but he cemented himself now and I hope he just stays there for a long time that he's he will stay motivated I think but that his body because he's been third isn't he so we, we need his body to stay in good shape and his eyes and reflexes and all of that and Keep watching his. Keep watching him bat. He's a beauty. Carl, on a broader on a broader scale, look, I'm a very proud Australian, and I, I love everything we represent. But the Australian cricket team, I must confess, I haven't quite gravitated and warmed to since the uh, ugly incidents in South Africa, and I still have very very big problems with Steve Smith. I don't know if you watch some of the graphics during the course of the play. But I find it almost abhorrent when Pat Cummings is our captain and the cameras pan onto Steve Smith pointing in various directions and almost deriding his captaincy and consulting him every five minutes. I think it's just, you know, it just leaves a nasty taste in my mouth. Don't know what your views on that are. Yeah, well, look, that's... um, It's a personal thing, but... If Pat Cummings didn't want Smith's input, um, it wouldn't be happening. Uh, that's that's all. That's all pre-arranged, um, pre-approved. Uh, it's understood that that um, look. Steve Smith's got a great cricket brain, technically and field positions. And because he fields at first slip, he's in a position to see from the batter's end um, the yeah. angles and. You know, just the little subtleties that are important in field placement. And Pat, Pat's firstly spending a lot of time bowling and secondly fielding in the outfield. He's not in as a good a position to see those those No, angles. fair point. Yep. So, you know, Pat would be welcoming that input. I think uh, that's a very well, very well articulated. I'll tell you the other thing I found encouraging, and I think not only myself, I think all the cricketing administrators all around the world would be absolutely uh, delighted with the fact that it lasted the entire five days of most entertaining cricket. Uh, the crowds were, you know, a full house every day in view of the fact in contemporary times we've had tests are lucky to be lasting three days. Now, I don't know what Basball means or what it is, but, I, you know, as the name infers, I, I, I presume it's just, you know, tippity run. But it seems to be working, and from an entertainer's, entertainer's point of view... I think they've, uh, you know, you got to doff your lid to the uh, to the palms. I, I think that is one hundred percent right. So, Baz Ball references the England coach Brendan McCallum, um, nicknamed Baz, and 
uh, he's taken to the dressing room as the New England coach um, a, a new philosophy that uh, we're not going to fear failure. Um, if, mm. if we get out trying to be positive or trying to win, um, it's not a black mark against you. It's to be encouraged, and that's the brand of cricket we're going to try and play. We're going to be very aggressive the whole way with the bat. We're going to try and dominate. And look, it's, um, it's an entertaining brand of cricket. And to this point in time, since he's been coached, um, they've won virtually all their tests. They didn't win this one this week, but uh, they've been sweeping all before them. Australia is always going to be a different challenge. But I think the dressing room has now embraced it and got comfortable with it. Um, they know the coaches are uh, supporting them and encouraging them to play that type of cricket. And if it doesn't work out, it's it's not a black mark. Um, uh, it's, it's the way the team is committed to playing and it's great for cricket and look at the crowds and look at the way the crowd responds to that brand of cricket and how entertaining was the test. I mean, it is really good for cricket. And Carl, just quickly, last one from me. Uh, as a fast bowler, you look at the rotations these days, you know, where they rest quickies, you know, the scheduling's uh, pretty tight. What are your views on all that? Uh, well, back in 89, when we won the first test at Headingley, uh, which wasn't expected by anybody, even England's chairman of selectors at lunchtime on the last day thought the game was going to be a draw, so he left the ground and he was driving down to London from Headingley, a four-hour drive, listening on the radio to England losing, <laughs> which was pretty comical. He copped a bit of stick in the press after that, but we had to go across the Pennines to Manchester that night and play Lancashire the next day, which our batsmen weren't too keen about because Lancashire had Wazzy Macram and Patrick Patterson playing <laughs> for them. And uh, back in 89, which was six tests, but we played, I think, um, 12 or 13 county games as well as the six tests. That's right. Uh, after, the, after the fourth test in Manchester where we won the Ashes... The next day, and you can imagine the celebrations that night, well, it was after Leeds too, just quietly, but after we won that fourth test and we won the Ashes, that was a monster that night. Well, the next day we had to be in playing Nottinghamshire in Nottingham. Um, the Australian cricket team wasn't in great shape for that game. Um, we did manage to beat Nottinghamshire, but uh, look, those, those county games... Um, which is what a tour used to be, but but they're games for guys not in the side to um, to prove their wares and push for selection. Um, they're games for guys that mightn't be in great form uh, to to spend some time in the middle with the bat or get a few overs un under your belt. Um, now this tour here, where there's no county games, the warm-up was that World Test Championship match against India. That's right. Um, which we won, by the way. So that that was a good warm-up for the Ashes. But now nobody's got any other game of cricket from one test to the next uh, to do, to do any sort of remedial work or or uh, just get in the form. Yeah. Look at look, look at their technique. Um, the, you know, you can spend hours in the nets. It doesn't doesn't uh, replicate. It's not the real the game. And and this is what's happening. All these tours everywhere in the world. Tours are getting squeezed for time and getting pushed shorter. And you're not playing these county games or state games in Australia. 
Uh, I don't think it's a good thing. I, I, I think it's a very bad thing. But it's it's the way the world's going, and it's the same for England. Although county cricket's being played, and they've got guys playing first-class cricket, they can bring in. But um, both sides, I think, by the end of the five tests, both sides will have circumstances where um, they've got to make selection changes, and they're not sure how the bloke coming in is going to go because he hasn't had any cricket. Right. It's a, it's a bigger deal for Australia than it is for England, as I say, because um, county cricket's underway over there, but and we've got nothing. But anyhow, look, it's it is what it is, and it's it's really fingers crossed, but. I just don't like it, but that's it's what's happening. Carl, uh, just quickly, last one from me. Uh, who was your roommate on tour? Well, look, uh, over the years I got to room with a lot of guys. Um, I did have the unique experience in New Zealand of rooming with Merv Hughes. Um, and he was one of my favourite roommates. Um, a little unpredictable. Strange idiosyncrasies. Uh, <laughs> uh, never, never, never short of food. Our room there was always a bit of room service happening, um, and really good fun. But yeah, you know, on, a, on a tour, you just didn't room with the same bloke all the time. You room with different players in different venues, so you got to room with a lot of guys. But um, look, Merv was one of my great mates playing, and uh, if you want to. Single out a favourite room, he'll probably be moved, yeah. Carl, it's been a great pleasure having you with us on Sport and Life and uh, uh, you're on your journey from uh, Brisbane, of course, back home to King Arroy and we appreciate that. By the way, didn't hear one truck, one car go past you, so I don't know whether you've pulled over or something, have you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, look... Um Vehicles, vehicles run very quietly up here in Queensland. <laughs> Stop being humble, Carl. What is that vehicle you're in? Is it a roller or one of the latest? Uh, uh, you one of those electric look, cars. It's a, it's a Toyota Hilux. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and what brand of uh, farm equipment do you flog? John Deere? No, it'd be cars. No, our business, we're the Queensland division of a company called Value Ag, which um, was started in Ballarat in Victoria. 13 years ago. Naturally. Um, so it's a Victorian company. We run the Queensland division of it. Um, we've been going seven years in Queensland. But, yeah, it's a Victorian company, guys. So well, if it's out in Ballarat, the water, I tell you what, the windscreen wipers would be good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the cabin will be heated. <laughs> uh, Carl, good luck with the business. And uh, we do appreciate your time. It's been very enjoyable. And uh, enjoy the second test study next week. Carl, when are you down yeah. in Melbourne? You down? Do you come down south very often? Look, I used to once upon a time, but I haven't been to Melbourne for a Well, the next time you do, I'll tell, tell you for why. We have our, uh, we're sponsored. Sam, if you can line something up, I'll be down there in a flash. Well, I'll tell you what, we're sponsored by a wonderful company called Mitchelton Winery, uh, or Jerry Ryan, who's the proprietor, who owns a number of uh, number of businesses in uh, all over the world. And uh, we always offer our guests every week uh, two bottles of the finest wine. I don't know whether you drink red, I'm a Shiraz man, same as Leon, uh, there's a brand called a Pinot, the Pinot. And a Pinot, I don't know what it is of your choice. Uh, no, next time you're there, would you like you to... i Shiraz with you. Well, Shiraz, we've got some wonderful, wonderful Shiraz. From Heathcote. 
Yes, and the only problem is that Leon's in charge of distribution. <laughs> That's a problem for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I strongly suspect by the time you arrive, those two bottles will be gone, but lucky we've got a contingency here ready for you, pal. I tell you what, Carl, um, Sam and I are both members of the Vang Sang Club and we have a big function every grand final week. So yep. we'll get you down for one of those. Yeah, it'd be fantastic, uh, yeah. I'd love that, yep. Oh, Got me. Okay. Well, I got your number now, pal. I, so te- I tell you who's a member, Ian Meckoff. That'll bring back some yeah. memories for you. Yeah, the count. He's an original member too from 1961. Yeah. Fantastic. What a lovely bloke, Ian Meckoff. He is. He is. Carl yeah. Rackerman joining us on Sport and Life. What a thrill that was. And uh, we'll catch you again next week. We will indeed.